0: Hey everyone, welcome back to the episode 135. We made it to 135 of the District 3 podcast. My name is Irvin.
1: Hola, Maribel.
0: Hey Maribel, I see that you're wearing your Planned Parenthood um, shirt.
1: Yes, I am. I think
0: it's important to represent and today we have a very important episode to talk about um something that's going around, um, that's happening in the country and I think it's affecting a lot of people, even people that don't even know that it's affecting them.
1: Yes. And I think it's fair to maybe give like a trigger warning just yeah, because we are going to touch on different subjects. So Thank you for mentioning that. You know, just beware we're talking about sensitive information. Um
0: talking about abortion. Abortions and Roe versus Wade and, I, and I think everything.
1: Everything. So just be warned, be warned, be warned.
0: But it's, it's good. I mean, I'm glad that you mentioned that trigger warning, but I think it's also important for us to break the stigma.
1: Well, yes, ab- absolutely. But I think that I the reason why I remember is because like I had to do that for myself. So when you mm. told me what we were going to talk about, yeah. I was just like, whew, OK, oh. like I need I need to like check myself and I need oh. to just kind of because it's like it's a heavy subject. It's mm-hmm. a heavy topic. And you know, we're talking about constitutional rights being taken away. So it's not to be taken lightly. Mm -hmm. And it's okay to be sad. And it's okay to feel like you can give up, but don't like take some time rest. I mean, I had to do that definitely for myself, just kind of rest and I disconnect, recharge, and then come back and like, okay, what do we do next? Like, what's our next step?
0: And thank you for mentioning that. Because even someone like myself has to check Myself sometimes, yeah. you know, too, and realize that, like, the way that I perceive things or the way that I experience things are definitely different from what other people Absolutely. are experiencing and how they're intaking all this information. Absolutely. Um, because, as, as we know, just this year with the pandemic and the past few years with the pandemic, uh, a lot of people have, have gone through some mental health episodes and, yes. and their mental health has deteriorated right. because of this time. Right. So, having what happened, you know, this past week. Uh, has definitely not helped
1: has. that Yes, no 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 and, and the fact that like the meaning behind it because like if they come for this right then you hear like uh they're talking about contraceptives they're talking about you know um gay rights mm-hmm. and so it's just kind of it starts with one thing and it just kind of trickles down and like that's that's where like the biggest part of my fear lies is just yeah. like what's next what are they going to take away from us next i mean we're in the 2022 and you know interracial marriage has only been, Mm -hmm. you know, valid for what, since what, 1960? Seven, 67. Yeah, 67. 67. So that's like in my parents' lifetime, you guys. In my parents' lifetime. Like if they would have been born before that Mm -hmm. or grandparents, they wouldn't have been allowed to marry whoever they wanted.
0: And then DACA is being heard in August, too. They're still trying to figure out, you know, what the legalities of that, too. So that's something that can also escalate, you know, and it's, it's stressful, yes. uh, but I definitely I, I'm definitely excited about the guests that we have yes. here today, so we can yes. talk about this topic and hopefully the folks that are listening that never really talk about abortion, never talk about anything related to like Roe versus Wade Mm -hmm. can be educated, but at the same time, hopefully this sparks some sort of, you know, want to get involved in some way and and become an advocate and become an ally. So um, today's guest, first we have co-host of the Hoot and Holler podcast and comedian Taylor Hearn. Thank you for joining us today, Taylor. Thank you
2: for having me. I'm so happy to be here. We
0: just met for the first time today.
2: I'm very excited. So
0: thank you for being here. And and also, uh, we have an award-winning author, uh, co-host of the Lean Back podcast, and professor of... Communications and Director of Gender Studies at the University of Arkansas, Dr. Lisa Corrigan. Thank you for joining us, Lisa.
3: It's nice to see you all, thanks for having me.
0: And I was t- telling uh, Taylor that this is a multiverse of podcasts because everybody <laughs> has a podcast that's here today. Which <laughs> yes. I think is really cool. I
1: just wanted to touch, uh, I think that it's important that we kind of throw this information in Spanish out mm-hmm. too just yes. because like, I really want it mm-hmm. So in the episode of we're going to be talking about different topics, eh, specifically about abortion. Mm-hmm. So si if there are people who uh, may sean sensibles a esta información, este es la advertencia que es lo que vamos a estar hablando. Uh-huh. Y voy a estar tratando de compartir la información en español, especialmente yes. los puntos más este, más importantes, porque es importante que todos tengamos esta esta conversación, uh-huh. especialmente en nuestra comunidad hispana, que eh, el aborto es algo tan tabú tan relacionado con la iglesia entonces ah, con la religión especialmente
0: la gente católica especialmente
1: entonces Cristiana, yo creo también. que es, es importante que, que hablemos sobre este tema y tengamos una mente abierta uh-huh. para poder aceptar la información porque no todo es eh, no todo es lo que te dicen en la iglesia uh-huh. o lo que es, o sea hay ciencias hay datos y entonces por eso desde que es importante que nuestras um, como decimos nuestras uh, guests nuestras um, Invitados, invitados? invitados, sí, gracias, gracias. Nuestros invitados, la doctora Laura, Lisa, Lisa, Lisa la doctora Lisa, Lisa, Corrigan. Lisa Corrigan, entonces eh, con diferentes temas y Taylor, Hearn. y Taylor Hearn, que es comediante, pero también tiene su propio podcast, entonces mm. esperamos que la información que vamos a compartir hoy pueda establecer diferentes eh, conversaciones, tal vez en casa, donde podamos dialogar y tomar en cuenta toda esta información.
0: I think, first of all, um, one of the things that I want to start off with is just your uh, initial reactions to the decision. And and we'll go, we'll go back in history and, and talk about, you know, where we started and, and now where we're at. But I just want to uh, start off with, with your initial reactions, And I think we'll start with Taylor.
2: Yeah, my initial reaction, it, and, and I've, I've said this on Twitter and I've said it in a couple of places, it, it felt like I had the wind completely knocked out of me. And I had been expecting this I had been kind of putting myself on notice and saying hey like this is probably going to happen I had, like I had prepared I'd work from home that day because I, I knew that I did not want to be in like a corporate office when this came down mm. and it the wind was knocked out of me I texted my co-host and like best friend Harvey and I just immediately burst into tears so that was that was like my mm. initial reaction and I cycled through just like I just a wild just shift of emotions for about six hours until I was just like, OK, I've got to disconnect for a little bit. How about you, Dr. Corrigan?
3: Yeah, you know, I have been giving talks <clears throat> in Arkansas and around the country on this topic, preparing people for it for the last five years. So for me, mm. it was also not a surprise. The leaked early draft of the Dobbs decision was pretty clear. We got almost the same language. I think for me the biggest surprise was how strongly Justice Clarence Thomas came out against, um, against contraceptives, privacy within marriages, uh, gay marriage, and the other privacy rights that are scaffolded off of the Roe v.ersus Wade decision. And so I think I, I was really shocked that the court showed their hand so clearly about what is coming next and about how many rights that we take for granted within our families are actually going to be under attack in the next Supreme Court term. So, you know, obviously I felt the same grief and rage, I think, as everybody else, particularly the people who are deeply invested in reproductive justice and all of its attenuating you know, movements whether that's decarceration or mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. or public education which are also issues I, I care deeply about.
0: La doctora Corigan mencionó que ella ya ha estado teniendo estas conversaciones alrededor de todo el país mencionando que esto iba a pasar y preparando a la gente para para este momento, pero de todos modos es un momento estresante, ¿verdad? aunque Y
1: no y no solo eso, sino que lo que ella también está hablando es uh, como lo que estaba refiriéndome anteriormente que con esta con esta reversión de leyes vienen diferentes otros derechos que uh-huh. vienen atados a esa constitución uh-huh. que ahora vamos estamos en riesgo de perder como el acceso a anticonceptivos algo uh-huh. tan básico puede ser que lo perdamos también entonces esto nos afecta a todos sí. no importa si si estás uh-huh. en edad de de, este, de tener hijos o no esto afecta a nuestras próximas generaciones y afecta a nuestros derechos
0: uh-huh. y Taylor mencionó también que Ella no podía estar en un lugar de oficina. ¿verdad? Sí, sí, ¿Qué? sí, porque era...
1: Y eh, yo pienso que muchas de nuestras mujeres que estamos al pendiente de todo esto, que estamos siguiendo eso, podemos identificarnos con eso, porque uh-huh. fue un día... Yo pienso que fue un día difícil para todas. Yo también, de hecho, ese día me levanté y me sentí así como que, like, algo like, pesado en el pecho, porque, uh-huh. o sea, sabíamos que lo que iba a suceder. Uh-huh. Uh, y por más que traté de prepararme yo mentalmente, because o sea, ¿cómo, cómo para, para mm. no de
0: I feel like you still think that there's like a hope that it's not gonna happen. Yeah, it's right? like that
1: was me. I was really hoping, but like you said, like once that was leaked out, like I I knew I knew what was coming. And as much as I tried to like mentally prepare myself, like I, how do you prepare? Absolutely. For such a tragedy like this. You and I know?
0: think, like, what m- most of us um, were Catholic, right? The majority of us here right now. In I room have Catholic, are Catholic guilt now, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I grew and, up Catholic. And we're raised on this idea. Like, we don't even think about the other side sometimes. Right. Like, we're raised as in, like,
2: yeah, it's killing like this babies is it. it's yeah. horrible. Yeah. It's
0: evil. And, like, you shouldn't do it. It's all about, like, being pro life. Right. And my parents weren't really like that, but. I, in the community that I was in mm-hmm. that was kind of the thing mm-hmm. you know in, in this Catholic community in California yeah abortion is taboo yeah
1: no like, I grew up in a super conservative family mm. um I think a lot of them also thought they were Republican because of the amnesty um mm, and to Reagan. yes so mm. like you know eventually I'm just like we're really not yeah. um this is not this is not it like they, they're not the same Republicans that there was back in the 80s it's not it's not the same you know,
0: Maribel, where do you where do you like start thinking about you know abortion as a issue that's more complicated than what your family or your community taught you that it was? When did you start saying like, and I know maybe it might come easier for you as a woman than it did for me as a man, mm-hmm. um, but when when did those gears turn? Oh uh, well,
1: and le- well let me tell you something. So like I grew up Catholic, um, but in such a conservative family that we didn't even say the word pregnant. Like, we didn't say, oh, she's pregnant. It was just all of a sudden somebody showed up with a baby. It's like, oh, they had a baby. So we, like that. So we did not say those words. So... Much less talk about abortion now to have the conversation like with my parents and, you know, say the word abortion is so empowering for me because Mm -hmm. like I know what's behind it. But I was um, I grew up Catholic and I was married through the church and I was taught that abortion was bad and I did not support abortion Mm -hmm. because I only listened to the religious aspect of it. Like I didn't want to listen to anything else. It was like it was in the Bible and then, as I started, you know, growing and doing more research, and just kind of trying to trace my roots, be like, where do I come from? Like, where where is all of this? Because everything comes from somewhere. You always, say that. So everything comes from somewhere. And so, I started connecting to my indigenous roots, mm-hmm. and then started learning the history of the church and like um, colonizers, colonizers. Oh my gosh, <laughs> coloni- religious colonizers. Yeah, yeah. How you know how. Um, I mean, this religion started with violence. Mm-hmm. Like, they mm-hmm. killed their people to convert them. Mm-hmm. So and so my biggest issue, so that's how I started learning and be like, oh, no, 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 no. And, I've, of course, I started learning a more, like, the economic background, like how it affects minorities, women of color who we have the less, you know, the least access to, you know, especially, you know, reproductive health and are not very aware of it. So then that's where I started thinking, it's just like, wait a minute, like, what like no 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 this is not okay and got to where I am today like by doing research and also my own personal experiences and uh, you know and friendships that I've learned you know who have gone through the same thing so I think that everybody in this room would probably probably know someone that has gone through a situation like this and the fact that we are so um Shy about talking about it is the problem, Um, and it's also sad that we have to share our stories in order to make a point or in order to help uh, uh, validate what we're saying. That we have it's so intimate and it's so it's such a hard decision. It's such a you know it's just so personal, Mm -hmm. Um, and the fact that these women have to come out and say like this happened to me, and because I had an abortion, like you know, I'm here.
0: And I don't want to, like, pretend that I was always aware of everything because I wasn't. Right. And th- it was just never really a conversation that I had to have at mm-hmm. all. It wasn't until I started getting involved politically where I started meeting folks, you know, from, from all these organizations here in Arkansas, and they were informing me, this is what's going on, this is what I'm going through, these are my struggles, and I started to empathize. Mm-hmm. Um, but before, it wasn't even a conversation, so it wasn't a situation where, like, I was yeah. advocating mm-hmm. – like, against abortion or anything like that. But one of the, like, awakenings that I got is when I started running for office back in 2015. Mm-hmm. And um, and I started getting all these organizations, you know, Planned Parenthood, all these organizations that wanted us, they wanted to endorse me. And I was running for office in Springdale. Mm-hmm. That's known for St. Raphael Catholic Church. Right. It's the biggest church, which was the church that I attended, right? Yeah. And I wasn't against abortion, but I was kind of scared, I was like, "How do I relay the message that I'm pro-choice without fully trying to offend the folks that I've been in this community with?" Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had a conversation with Ezra Smith. I'm not sure if well, you know Ezra, Dr. Corrigan, and uh, he really opened my eyes even more as to as to why you know I should be more outspoken, mm-hmm. not just an ally, but more outspoken, and to educate the community um, in Springdale that it's not a pro-life, you know, a pro-life, pro-choice kind of thing. Those words right. were used specifically to kind of, you know, create this this whole political movement in favor of a specific party right. in order for them to get more votes. right? And uh, there's more words and better words that we should start using going forward. And I think one of the – I think this is a good segue to go to Dr. Corrigan and, and ask you, Dr. Corrigan, can you talk a little bit about how we got here from Roe uh, versus Wade? <laughs>
3: So the Roe versus Wade Supreme Court decision is really important because it is really the first major privacy decision that guarantees privacy within the home for reproductive health care. And the Republican organizing against it began almost immediately. There was obviously opposition to it from the beginning, but there was a woman named Phyllis Schlafly who built um, this Republican majority. And the goal was to stop contraception and abortion care, both to produce more white babies for mm-hmm. the Republican moral majority, to especially into the evangelical churches in the South, And then to control the family planning of families of color. Mm -hmm. So we're in this moment that is the culmination of 50 years of organizing to take over the judicial system and the courts so that the state governments can tell families who and who cannot have children. The problem with that, the problems with that are manifold one The removal of Roe v. Wade means that if you have any fetal anomalies, if your fetus has any kind of abnormality that would either kill the fetus or the mother, that you will not be able to remove the fetus from the woman's body, which means that she will die of sepsis. It means that there will not be adequate healthcare of any kind right, for women who are having any kind of pregnancy issues, complications of any kind, whether they're a fetal anomaly or not. It means that the state governments will be able to reassert their ability to sterilize women of color Mm because mm-hmm. there will not be oversight inside of those rooms because there's going to be so much concern. It also means that there will be a lot of doctors fleeing the South, right, who do family medicine, who are pediatric specialists, who do ob- obstetrics and gynecology, who are, who are cancer oncologists. It means that if you are a woman, and you get diagnosed with cancer while you're pregnant, you will not be able to get chemotherapy because it will harm the fetus. So the cascading effects of this moment politically really are going to radically change the kind of access to all-spectrum health care that people have taken for granted up until last week. So, you know, we got to this point by aggressive organizing that used the church to build this majority and take over the courts with the explicit goal of producing more white babies for evangelical churches and controlling the reproductive decisions of communities of color. And we say that from Arkansas, which has the highest maternal mortality rate for black women. And -hmm. it's only going to get worse. So they're banking on the fact that not having access to abortion or other forms of medical care for pregnant people will kill women of color at a much
1: higher rate. (laughs) Wow. How do we unpack all of this in Spanish? (laughs) Entonces, son son muchísimas cosas y la verdad, yo creo que tenemos que tener otro episodio completamente en español sobre sobre este tema, entonces, porque yo creo que es justo que esta misma información se comparta de de primera mano y nada más nosotros la resumiendo, pero básicamente lo que nos acaba de decir la doctora es de que al al momento de que quitan Roe v. Wade, Son son muchísimas implicaciones que vienen con eso, entonces ya hablamos de muchísimas cosas de esos pero lo que estaba ella explicando es que el razonamiento detrás de de Roe v. Wade y por qué lo quieren quitar, entonces en protecciones saben que las familias, especialmente las familias de color, las mujeres de color, tenemos el índice más alto de, de maternidad mortal, Y en el estado de Arkansas, las mujeres negras tienen, uh-huh. el, uh, tienen la maternidad mortal más alta en, en el estado de Arkansas. Uh-huh. Entonces, sabemos que esto va dire- directamente, viene dirigidos hacia nosotros. Porque entonces lo que está hablando es de que sin Roe v. Wade, no tenemos protección de, de nada. Básicamente si estás embarazada y este y tienes o tienes cáncer y tienes que recibir quimioterapia, no podrías recibir la quimioterapia porque estás embarazada y eso podría causarle daño uh-huh. a al feto. Uh-huh. Entonces, si sí, el feto se está desarrollando con enfermedades, abnormalidades que se pueden detectar a tiempo que a, si llevas el embarazo a término te puede matar a ti o matar el, o sea, te vas a morir. Porque no, no pueden hacer nada al respecto. Entonces, Robbie Way también nos quita el derecho a la privacidad. Porque entonces esto quiere decir que el gobierno se está metiendo a la, a nuestra recámara. No uh-huh. está diciendo con quién nos podemos acostar, nos está diciendo uh-huh. quién puede ser la composición de nuestra familia, y nos está diciendo, nos está dictando cada si puedes tener hijos o no. Yeah. Lo más peligroso de esto es de que la, la, la mayoría de la gente blanca uh-huh. van a estar bien porque el, el, la meta detrás de esto como dice la doctora la meta detrás de esto es de elevar la población blanca uh-huh. y como las mujeres de color tenemos menos acceso a la, a la salud a reproducción a la a la reproducción a salud de reproducción uh-huh. entonces somos las personas que vamos a sufrir más porque somos las personas que vamos a morirnos uh-huh. porque vamos a morirnos porque básicamente nos están teniendo como incubadoras
0: and that was a really great explanation, by the way. A translation from from English to to Spanish. Gracias. Uh, I needed some like some fingers for that one because I was uh, I was I was gonna say if I have to translate that it's gonna be a little tough. But you did a great <laughs> job, Maribel. Gracias, gracias. Um, pero también es es importante que la gente sepa que no es tan que es más complicado de es más complicado de pensar solamente o oh, aborto es malo.
1: Claro. Porque claro. si ves en estas situaciones hay muchísimas razones y mm-hmm. situaciones. Mira, yo tengo amistades que tuvieron este un embarazo. A topic? Mm-hmm. Top,
0: yes.
1: Que sí. básicamente el, el feto se estaba formando en los tubos y esto es eh, peligri, peligroso. Entonces. I like how that
0: sounds, though. Peligroso. 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 We just gotta evolve the Spanish Sí, words por a favor. Bit, you
1: know? Entonces, <laughs> es, es, sería una situación en la que si con, con esta reversión de Roe v. Wade. Mm-hmm no hay nada que pueda hacer el médico. Entonces, una, un punto también que este dijo la doctora, y cabe uh, import- mencionarlo, que esto quiere decir que vamos a perder muchos doctores, muchos uh-huh. médicos, y aún más acceso a la salud, especialmente, que este, afecta a las comunidades de color. Estamos perdiendo uh-huh. todos estos médicos porque practican la salud familiar. Uh-huh. Esto, el acceso a aborto es salud. Es salud. Es, de, es parte de nuestra salud, y Isn't this a sadio? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's okay to not want to have an
3: abortion for yourself. Mm -hmm. And I hope that you get to live that life where you don't need one. Mm -hmm. But this decision affects every pregnant person, (coughs) their whole families, and the children they already have. Mm -hmm. Every single person Mm -hmm. in a family is potentially affected by this decision and their ability to access medical care moving forward for anything. Yes. Absolutely.
0: Have y'all talked about this in your podcast? or y'all planning to talk about it, Taylor?
2: Yeah, we recorded an episode on it uh, on Monday, uh, okay. so right after you know after cool. after it fell. So it was it it was it was really intense. Um, mm-hmm. There's there's a lot we have to cut out of that podcast. one hundred percent. But it it felt it felt good to talk about it, and it felt good to kind of just get like the frustrations and anger that that we're feeling, and then also say like, "Hey, like you know what what does eventually you know come next?" Mm-hmm. And whether that's good or that's bad, I think that's that's something, and, and I know that something that you talked o- or touched on Dr. Corrigan was this is the beginning, and I know that that's a very scary feeling, and it's okay to sit with that and be overwhelmed by it. But this is the beginning. Our best friend Jason Raybert down in Little Rock is already scheming with the next legislative session. Mm. To, he's not uh, even
0: gonna be. He's not even gonna be in it, right? Yeah,
2: uh, yeah. Um, to introduce uh, a bill, and uh, this just and and I don't want to talk too much on this because this happened, I think, 20 minutes before I got here. So wow. um, to uh, restrict travel across state lines um, uh, for to for people to access abortion and the 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 abortion part of roe v wade falling that's obviously that's a huge kick but as dr Corrigan touched on earlier the the privacy fallouts the family planning fallouts the medical fallouts and in one in rural communities you know i grew up in super rural you know baptist southern arkansas or not southern northern arkansas town Mm -hmm. and what this is gonna do to folks there, I, I it's it's something that I'm still struggling to wrap my my mind around. Like what healthcare looks like in these rural communities, uh, what does what happens to somebody? So I grew up in Harrison, Arkansas, which is a, a bold thing to admit. Um, but I grew up in Harrison. I, <laughs> there's I grew good up, people in Harrison. Oh yeah, there's yes, a, so yes. many wonderful great people in Harrison, yeah. and there are a lot of people that are there and ch- striving to make. To make as much progress as they can, and I'm so proud of them every day. Yeah. But I think about so I uh, at earlier this year I had an ectopic pregnancy, mm. um, and it's I was I was absolutely so lucky because I live what. 10 minutes away from like a, a renowned hospital. Mm -hmm. I have all of the resources in the world. I have like fantastic, wonderful insurance. I'm one of the most privileged people when it comes like, especially like in the healthcare, I'm a white woman going to health, like going to the hospital, they're going to take me serious. Um, And that was still one of the most terrifying and isolating experiences that I've ever had. And I can't imagine if that would have happened to me in Harrison, what would have happened if I had to drive an hour and a half? Yeah. Two hours to either to get to, you know, Springfield or, you know, Fayetteville or, you know, Conway. Conway been too far. But like what what is that? What does that look like for people in rural communities? Because it's very grim. And right now, a huge solution that we're seeing online is, oh, we'll just leave. Yeah. That's isn't th- that the answer, though, for everything?
1: Yeah. And, and here's everybody the when they just want to complain and not yeah. really give us a well, well, if you don't like it, just leave. That's so like, to um, do I'm sorry. Like, no, we make it better. <laughs>
0: and I like yeah. I like how you touched on that, um, how you would be taken seriously as a oh, white woman. Because absolutely. Last year, my wife had some medical issues, uh, some stomach and anxiety related mm-hmm. issues. And we went to like five different doctors. None of them took her seriously. We had to go to a, a doctor that was that's Mexican mm-hmm. from Guanajuato mm-hmm. that finally gave her the solutions and then the advice that we needed and took her seriously, mm-hmm. took her like anxiety seriously. So I'm glad you touched on that because that's definitely gonna be impactful during these next few. I think months it and is
2: m- like all white women, but I think it's all of our responsibility. Medical discrimination. Mm -hmm. In, in, in hospitals and like I've seen uh, especially like black and brown women talk about how like that's like what I want to make sure that I word this correctly, that medical discrimination is like a huge killer because people don't take black and brown women seriously when they said, and just, you know, like your wife mm-hmm. said, I, you know, had some sounds very real problems, problems that I have. Yeah, she couldn't breathe for a while. Yeah. So. I like, I, you know, and I was able to, I had a, like a gallbladder thing, which like, whatever, it's a minor thing in the grand scheme of things. Like I was able to walk in the emergency room and have it out that day. I have a friend who is a black woman who had these same exact symptoms that I did. It, and, and granted it was a different hospital, but it's, it's like this everywhere. It took her eight months mm-hmm. to to, mm-hmm. to get her gallbladder. Simple surgery. I was in and out in a day. Mm-hmm. And I think that if you don't talk about, like, medical discrimination in all of this, like, you're you're not being as, like, intersectional as you need to be. And I know it might sound petty, but that's such a huge part of this. But
3: I also think, you know, there is a religious component, Maribel, mm-hmm. as you were talking about. And, you know, there is a concern that, you know, abortion is, you know, a problematic problematic spiritually, but I just want to n- think through the ethics of forcing women to have children that they emotionally and financially yes. can't care for. What are the ethics of producing more children in poverty in poor states that already underfund all of the care mm-hmm. that they need to thrive?
1: I mean, keep the poor poor. Yes, mm-hmm. correct.
3: Yeah. That is that It's unethical to force mm-hmm. women To give birth, and honestly, you know, the Thirteenth Amendment probably prohibits forced slavery, and Mm -hmm. reproductive slavery is what is is not a metaphor at this Mm -hmm. moment. Absolutely, you know, it is not healthy for families to have children that they feel that they cannot take care of emotionally, socially, or financially, without safety nets that will help those families thrive. So it seems to me that we can do a much better job of expanding, you know, child health care care, Child daycare, Daycare, FMLA and family medical leave, paternal leave, leave. uh, prenatal care, prenatal care. uh, You know, uh, there. It's not like we don't know what would help these communities Mm -hmm. across the country thrive. We do know what will happen, but to force families into having children that they cannot afford or Mm -hmm. care for Mm -hmm. is not moral.
2: Yes, in my opinion, no, Absolutely not. No, it's absolutely not, and I think that it's unfathomably cruel to uh, for Roe to fall at a time when people cannot securely by formula for their infants yeah. let's
1: talk about that. I'm,
2: I'm not saying that like and i'm not saying if the if formula supply is good we should outlaw no, Absolutely, but it's it's unbelievable that one of the, the, the last like one huge news article before ro fell was oh yeah man we we can't we can't produce formula in the united states and it's like man like What like what's the what's the ultimate like what's the ultimate plan? And we know what the ultimate plan is. They want like what they, quote, call a domestic supply of infants for this adoption. And that's a whole other tangent that we could absolutely have another podcast (laughs) on. Absolutely. But like you, this domestic supply of infants that they want for this billion dollar adoption industry. And it's like pregnancy like it's I've never had, you know, a a full term pregnancy and ectopic. But I, I don't in my terms, I don't really consider that. It's hard on the body, and adoption is is t- tough. And once again, that's that's uh, another conversation. But just to, to, to just say, oh well, if you don't want an abortion, just uh, you know give this child up for adoption. Mm-hmm. It's like that's it, that's and and especially in a in a in a, in a, in a, in a state. Sorry, I'm getting a little fired up. And in a state where we have we said that one of the highest, if not the highest, black maternal death rate, mm-hmm. and I, I think the overall maternal death rates in the top five. In this state that has absolutely not we and then another thing is you know the, the incarceration of it we uh, we have a long history of executing people who yeah. we find a oops they're, they're probably innocent like you cannot pass this pro life b s on me yeah. when everything in this society and especially in arkansas is proving like once they're born, we well, do not yes. care. Yes,
1: they they're pro birth. Yeah, absolutely. Pro birth. Pro. pro, pro I think birth. we are pro life yeah. because we, you know, we are supporting. You know, we are for supporting. Mm-hmm. You know, the children that we have. Mm-hmm. You know, and I feel like it should always be the woman's or the you know, um, partnerships decision on mm-hmm. as to when and where you have kids. And but again, it comes back to like religion. It's like you're being punished for having sex. Like you're not supposed to have sex. Mm
3: -hmm. But it's not right. Children should not be a punishment. No, that's grossly unethical. I mean, there is no justification. to say that children should be a punishment mm-hmm. period right or the idea that human sexuality isn't normal or the <laughs> idea that heterosexual couples are not having sex all of that is a fiction that exists to control women's decisions yes. about their body yes. and to keep them at lower wages so that they're poor and they can't uh, they can't build political power exactly so you know it just seems to me that given that the United States is the most dangerous place to be pregnant and given give birth in any democracy on Earth, we might really want to rethink how we are creating the conditions for the worst outcomes in our families regardless really of their status because I do think that there are wealthy white women who think that this is not gonna affect me and they're gonna find out as that as medical care erodes it absolutely will because the female doctors are not going to continue to practice. The doctors they've loved for a long time are gonna retire and they are gonna be subjected to the decisions of the lawyers at their Catholic and Baptist hospitals Mm -hmm. who are gonna make the decision about whether they live or die.
0: And I wanted to segue into that, uh, if we all can discuss how does the uh, overturning of Roe versus Wade affect folks who don't know that it affects them? Can we talk about that? Because there are folks out there that don't think that this decision affects them at all, but it affects everyone. And uh, I wanted to start with you, Dr. Corrigan.
3: Well, I mean, I think we've covered a little bit about, you know— how the lack of abortion access will, without a doubt, kill women, mm-hmm. right, who have pregnancy complications that are either ectopic pregnancies or fetal anomalies. And so that, for me, I think, is ground that it seems that we've covered. I think it's going to affect access to contraception. So Mm -hmm. there are already states that are moving to limit our ability to access emergency contraception, which, of course, is absolutely not abortion. So the ability to get Plan B is a problem. I think in Arkansas the trigger law that was triggered after Roe v. Wade fell in Dobbs decision does not include an exception for rape or incest it does not. Yeah, it does so not. so in arkansas now rapists will get to choose their oh. children's mothers and there will not be repercussions from that also we there are 36 states in the country that give rapists paternity rights. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, so yes. rape law is going to change. Criminalization of women is going to change. There's going to be massive surveillance on women of color to track whether or not they're fertile and having children or, no. or terminating abortions. So there are, there's going to be a mass incarceration of women. And the goal of that is to disenfranchise women of color so that they don't vote. Mm -hmm. So it's not just who's having the babies and who's not. It's not just who's having access to medical care and who's not. It's about who is going to have access to voting rights. Because if you get convicted of having an illegal abortion or aiding and abetting somebody who has an illegal abortion, you are going to be disenfranchised as a felon and not be able to vote for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. So the long-term plan is to erode the political participation of communities of color so that they have no choices. Not just about their reproductive health or about the size of their family, it's going to restrict their political participation and crush their wages Mm. to create new cycles of poverty that will be absolutely impossible to get out of. Wow, it's so true. (laughs) yeah that's the goal it's just it's the goal it, and mean, they say it out loud yeah okay, okay. I mean, so Christo
2: Christo fascism is not on the way it it has it, arrived it has been. and I and yeah. let's say and I, I know there are a lot of things that we're saying that are very like scary and heavy to sit with yeah. and it's however you're feeling right now is is okay yes. but you it's just one of those things like we cannot and I know I have been guilty of that and I think everybody has of kind of bearing our head in the sand of saying mm-hmm. hey I, I can't deal with this right now but it's it's on the way. It's it's here. It has arrived. And we are dealing with the consequences.
0: In your opinion, and I know this is a loaded question, mm-hmm. but in your in y'all's opinion, um, what do we do now? What what are some yes. steps that we could take going forward as allies, as people directly affected um, so that we don't you know after, you know, after we grief, after yeah. we cry, after mm-hmm. we. Uh, take our head out of the sand. Mm -hmm. um, How should we move forward?
3: Okay, we need to be talking about menstruation and periods because they're normal and half of the population has periods. Yes. So for our youth, we need to teach them about menstruation. Mm-hmm. We need to make menstrual products free and available yes. in every spaces, including your churches, including you know your catechism classes, including the public schools. All of those places need to have access to menstrual products because of the shame and stigma of talking about women's bodies mm-hmm. and reproductive health. Um, we need that. We need po- we need comprehensive sex education. Yep. And so I, you know, if you do not give people the education to understand sexuality, you make them more likely to be victims of sexual violence, which will increase because Roe is over. So if you do not give children access to accurate, medically accurate, you know, reproductive information, they are more likely to be groomed and molested mm-hmm. and raped and so we, we absolutely have to and it, that's a popular thing across the state in lots of communities across the aisle politically yeah. but I think churches need to take up comprehensive sex education as a place where they want to strengthen their parishioners communities and families that's an that's a thing we must fight for we have to fight for stronger public schools and for higher teacher salaries because those Folks are really an essential part of the struggle Mm -hmm. in a state this poor. It's it's essential that we strengthen our public educators. We need to stand up for our libraries who disseminate scientifically accurate information. We are lucky to have such a strong library community and we need to fill those libraries and schools and in our public libraries with the and and circulate them with books that that tell us about the history of sexuality in America. We need to have little free libraries in all communities so kids have access. Um we need to support the FDA Um, allowing birth control to be given over the counter like it Mm -hmm. is in a hundred other countries because family planning is an essential um, human right. And we need to think about what it means to have a truly equal and free society where people are not forced to give birth against their will. But these are places that you can plug in with very little knowledge about reproductive health care to start, because I think a lot of our listeners don't necessarily have the vocabulary or the familiarity or the comfort to start with abortion. But they can do voter registration, Mm -hmm. and they can vote, and they they can show up at community events and and have hard conversations. And there are plenty of us in the community that are willing to facilitate those conversations, to disseminate historically and scientifically accurate information, and to help them learn how to speak about it. Taylor, did you want to speak to this as well
2: yeah i i i completely agree with with everything you just said i also think that uh, another important thing that we need to do going forward is we live in a carceral society Mm -hmm. um we live in a society that is, is deeply entrenched with law enforcement with the idea of good guys versus bad guys and I think something that we would be remiss if we don't talk about is, you know, people that are going to be hugely affected by this are people that can't leave the state of Arkansas because mm-hmm. they are in the Washington County Jail on a bond that they can't get out because right. it's $5,000 because they didn't appear because they got a parking ticket. And cash bail. and, and ca- Yeah, in cash bail. And it. Yep. Um, you know yeah, man. Me. I mean <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's my thing. But okay, and like I said, <laughs> that that could be a, that's another topic. I'm 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 very very passionate about. I I think the next things that are very important, and these are kind of like on like boots on the ground, like you know, kind of right now putting a band aid over the the open wound on the boat is we have to, have to, have to support abortion funds. And that doesn't just necessarily mean financially because I have absolutely been in a place in my life where I literally could not donate $5. And that's, and I know that that's a tough place to be in, but there are volunteer opportunities. Um, There are, you know, even if you just share a post Mm -hmm. like from, you know, Arkansas Abortion Support Network are people that I'm always going to Mm -hmm. lift up and talk about in any room that I'm in. They are doing such incredible work and if you are feeling hopeless right now which i know i am um look to the abortion funds and look to abortion funds in states that especially with trigger laws because you will see some of the most in the weeds dedicated people to figuring out okay what does this look like post row how do we Mm -hmm keep stay open because here's the thing is like of course we don't I don't agree with the law of course yeah. but how do we make sure that we can get people the access to the the funds to the resources that they need yeah. and how do we keep ourselves legally safe so we can continue you know uh, offering these services another really fantastic I do not have the words to describe how much I adore all the people in this organization is Ozark Circle for Choice. Uh, They're a local reproductive justice mutual aid group located right here in Fayetteville. Uh, Their their mission is to connect the gaps, because when you are seeking an abortion, the financial piece of it is huge. Like, because you you can, and I, I don't know if there are any cases in arkansas that you before could even use medicaid for no uh, yeah i didn't even think even like with even like in the most terrible cases Mm -hmm. and here's and this is just something i want to say abortion is a highly personal choice but it doesn't have to be traumatic it can just be it's it's healthcare, and it's between you and your doctor and emotions that you feel towards it wherever they're at Mm -hmm. is totally valid but it, it doesn't have to be this, you know, traumatic worst case scenario of you know rape or incest, but so that that financial burden. Sorry, off topic there. That financial burden of accessing abortion that is just the first, the first thing that a lot of people have to overcome because once the clinic here in Fayetteville, I think it was maybe three years ago, three or four years ago, stopped offering. They did. um Uh, medication abortions Mm -hmm. once they stopped offering those the only clinic in the state of arkansas that you could go to was a little rock family planning and so okay let's say even me i am lucky i have funds i have you know, I have a a, a, a reliable car, which that's a, another huge barrier to yep. access, because you're having to drive from here, mm. you know, one of like the most populated areas to Little Rock. Like, if you don't have a car that can make that, like, what good are all the funds? Too, so. Yeah, what, what good are all the funds and and all these? You know, if if that if that is the access, so <laughs> Ozark Circle for Choice is to help bridge. Those acts, those gaps of access. So we do uh, they do fundraising when need be, but they are also offering like, hey, do we need to get you a, a greyhound ticket, or do we need to get somebody that can caravan you to Little Rock, like, and then and then after an abortion, like there are you know, a lot of times there are going to be feelings and whatever those feelings you have toward it are valid. Mm -hmm. You don't have a support system. If you don't have people that you can talk to openly and honestly and be like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm happy that I'm not pregnant, but I still feel X, Y, Z. And it's
1: Uh, valid. You're allowed to have feelings.
2: Absolutely. (laughs) And so I think getting involved in it and investing in abortion funds, uh, mutual aid networks, and just I getting out in your community, and I think that's ultimately, and that's you know where where I come, I that's where I'm at, just politically and everything is yeah. that. Our community is what is going to help get us through all of this. Like we obviously have never been able to depend on the government to Mm. really do, you know, much for us, it seems like. But our community, we can help each other and we can get through this together. And it's going to be hard, but it's just going to take a community to do it. Well, thank you all for those words. Any any final
0: messages that you all would like to relay to our listeners today in regards to this topic? Um, Anything that comes to mind? That you that we haven't discussed or want to say.
3: I think that you know Arkansas is full of a lot of folks who are <laughs> good people and well-meaning people, and they want the strongest communities possible. And I think that for some of them, this um, feels like an unfamiliar landscape because it's not it's not a series of conversations that they have at the dinner table yeah. um, for reasons that Maribel was talking about. And so for those folks, I want to say just you can start small. And that's mm. conversations with your friends, mm-hmm. and that's you know maybe a book club, mm-hmm. and that's maybe you know um, that it starts really small in conversations in your community with people you feel comfortable with, with your partner and your friends and maybe your family, but sometimes maybe not. And I would I would say that those conversations will will yield fruit. I would also say that Arkansas has the highest rate of child hunger in America. Mm
1: -hmm.
3: (sighs) And if we can't feed the children that we have and provide, you know, healthy communities for them right now, it's going to, it's really hard to explain to people why they should have more children. Mm -hmm. And so a place to plug in is in child hunger and Mm -hmm. what it means to feed our communities, you know, with the, the food that nourishes their minds and their bodies. We're Absolutely. at the top of
0: these lists that we don't necessarily should be proud of being on top of, yeah. right? Like, we're also really bad in education. Mm-hmm. We're, it's And it doesn't make sense. And I, and I think the way that you explained it earlier, Taylor. Oh, no,
1: but it does. Like, if you really, like, it does make sense. Like, it's literally working how they want it to work. Like, mm-hmm. it does make sense. I was trying to say that. It, <laughs> we don't that like it, it.
0: I guess what I was trying to get to was that it doesn't make sense that, you know, people are trying to force birth. Mm-hmm. In a time or in a state that we don't seem to have the resources to help the people that are here, yeah, you know, and it's and it's really sad.
2: Um, anything that you want to add, Taylor? I would just say to any of my fellow white women listening. Be aware of how you're speaking in spaces. Um, and please, 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 and I'm not trying to be funny, but it is a little bit funny. Stop wearing Handmaid's tail costumes <laughs> yes. to protests that you have. And like, listen, I'm glad, I'm excited that you're plugged in, but mm-hmm. really, really think about that that is a very true reality of black women and women of color, specifically in this country mm-hmm. and this world in general think about think about that think about maybe what could be spent how that energy could be spent better um but I think yeah I think that's it for me
0: <laughs> I appreciate that yeah because we even we saw some national democratic leadership the way that they reacted you know with poems <laughs> and there was a representative that was uh doing yoga poses I'm not sure if you saw that I was, yeah like, I'm terminally inward. online yeah I, and, I uh, <laughs> <sighs> but I appreciate you all being here for this conversation. I have a message though. Go ahead.
1: No, so my I want to I want all the men who have benefited from their That's partner right. having an abortion mm-hmm. to step up, yeah. because abortions not only you know we are forced to carry the brunt of everything, honestly, you know, pregnancy, going through the abortion, like the trauma that our body goes through, Mm -hmm. and the financial, financial Mm -hmm. costs, Mm -hmm. everything that comes with it, you know, everything that comes with it. And, you know, with the with having an abortion, like it's, you know, it takes two. So you know, there's there's so like, when do we step in and say, okay, well, if you're considering this, you know, uh, a human, like, so when does the financial support start? Because, like, mm-hmm. it's all up to the woman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if you, as a man, have benefited from your partner having an abortion, we need you to step up and we need you to say and say your story and share it
2: mm-hmm. because
1: we, we need that. We need other men to understand that they are just as affected by this as we are. Definitely. So, right. step mm-hmm. up.
0: That's hey. right. There, there you go. For everybody that's listening, yes. that uh, is a man. To go ahead and step but it's it's a call in and a call out at the yes same time, it's I a think.
1: call for action we, we need you we need your voices you, we need, you need your need to, money we need your money yeah, absolutely. we need your money we need you to share those experiences because it cannot just be the women mm-hmm. sharing these stories men have these stories too
0: yeah and I think and I saw that on social media there wasn't many men and I'm calling out the folks in our Latino community Yeah, because I,
1: know that,
0: I see that your girlfriends are are pro-choice but you ain't Saying nothing.
1: Exactly. You're not.
0: You're not sharing anything on on even it's something as simple as like sharing a post as- on Instagram, right? Exacto. It's it's more the Latina women that are are having to to uh, do that but and have these
1: conversations. But it's cultural. We, uh, las mujeres, siempre son las que, you know like yeah. you know we're the ones that carry the household because like that's what society has told us to do. So this is why I feel like they feel like they, they have this power to tell us when and where we're gonna have children. So like we have no choice. Yeah, I
0: saw the dudes that like that are active on about these issues, mainly sharing stuff like, "Oh, and this is why we told you how to vote third party blah all these different things right and it's like no, no that's not the that's point not, right now. you're
1: missing the whole point you're missing mm-hmm. the
0: grieving you're miss you're missing you know what we need to do going forward because you're focused on these things that see. don't even matter at the moment, so dudes step up.
1: Sí, llamado para los hombres, porque los hombres también se han beneficiado de que sus parejas tengan abortos, entonces necesitamos que ustedes separen al par de nosotros y, y nos apoyen y cuenten las historias, porque no puede ser solamente las mujeres contando su versión de historias, lo que les ha sucedido y los tramas, cuando ha habido una pareja ahí al lado de ellas, y si fue especialmente si una mujer se practicó un aborto, se hizo un aborto, su pareja estuvo ahí y al igual que ella se benefició, él también. Yep. Entonces, hombre, yep. necesitamos que ustedes se, se pongan de pie al lado de nosotros y esto es, es algo que nos afecta a todos. Okay. Pero sí. yo creo que sí tenemos que hacer un podcast nada más en español, español. para porque es tanta información y de verdad a yo Facebook, quiero mi gente. Can a
0: Facebook Live, so Sí, can see sí, sí.
1: It. este, and, yeah. porque mi gente es muy importante de que veamos la información concreta, los datos, no no lo que nos dijeron, no lo que nos enseñaron, Mm lo lo que está sucediendo es un ataque directamente a las mujeres, a tus hijas, a tus sobrinas, a tus mm-hmm. nietas, a mm-hmm. nuestro futuro. Mm-hmm. Eso va a ser una generaciones y generaciones de mucha falta de, de información y yeah. de la verdad de muchas desgracias si no hacemos algo. Yeah,
0: thank you for mentioning that, Maribel. And Dr. Corrigan and Taylor, uh, where can people listen to your podcasts?
2: We are on all of the, all the streaming Just It's at Pod on all the socials. That'll get you connected to anything you want we're on Spotify Apple all that good stuff
3: same for Lean Back um, Critical Feminist Conversations we're everywhere Apple you know SoundCloud everywhere you can listen to us
2: well
0: thank you all for thank your time. We went you. we went an hour. So that's I, I'm glad we had this conversation. Yeah, absolutely. And, the, and I bet you I we, feel could, like have we could go longer. longer. Oh yeah, <laughs> this, this, this yeah. can take like an all day conversation, but I appreciate <laughs> yeah. you. Hopefully folks that are listening right now can can get some sort of like rude awakening, you know, mm-hmm. to get involved and to just be more of more aware that 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 life is, is is bigger than just ourselves, you know, and to understand that that things do affect us even though we think they don't. Mm-hmm. And to also be better allies to folks that are that are grieving and 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 uh, and to step up. Mm -hmm. We're calling you out, but we're also calling you in. Yes. Um, So thank you all for listening. That was episode 135 of the District 3 podcast. This is Irvin.
1: Maribel. We'll
0: catch you all next week.
1: Adios.